This is the Drive-In Podcast, episode 51, take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to the 51st episode of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have the Express Checkup with yours truly, Dr. O. We have our throwback review of Uncut Gems. And then we have our top billing draft of the best movie trailers. So use the bathroom now, grab more popcorn, and enjoy the 51st episode of the Drive-In Podcast. All right, episode 51 is here. This is Dr. Rowe joined by Nez and Ricky Flicks. You guys have survived Hurricane Henri. Henry, Henri, I think we're going to go with Henri. Nez, how you holding up down in Stamp Vegas? I mean, what a joke. What an absolute joke of a hurricane. I'm standing there on my balcony and just taking it all in. I'm expecting some whirlwind, some lightning, some crazy stuff. It's just lightly, it just lightly rained for... 14 hours true that's all i got i don't know about up, up there with you guys but i was a little disappointed with Henri. fraud Henri was a fraud 100 a fraud and then i was ner- t- i was nervous i was hunkering down mm-hmm. putting sand down mulch and everything and i was just hoping that like water was going to get absorbed and not like basically take over the cellar basement of my house but nothing really happened i agree fraud yeah, I don't know. But it was a good excuse to hunker down and watch a bunch of Sopranos. I'll tell you that. Ooh. How far are we right now with Sopranos? About halfway through the last season, boys. Wow. Oh, my gosh. You're at a, you're at a, you're at a rapid rate right now. You'll finish by the end of the week. Yeah, I might be done tonight. Who knows? <laughs> Just go full Long set. Long night for Nez here. Who knows? Honestly. It's, uh, it's, it's really good, though. It's a really good show. And it's like it's good right now. So and this is what people have always said to me is that, you know, up until the end, The Sopranos is good. And that's what Game of Thrones never had. The last two seasons of Game of Thrones are just terrible compared to the, to the you know, the bulk of the series. Of it's still good. Yeah. So, so I'm excited. I'm, I'm very happy that I finally watched this. I, next up, I think I have to watch The Wire. I haven't seen that. Oof. Oh, I haven't seen The Wire either. That, that's something I have to get it's, into. Uh... I've started it. I haven't finished it. Like, I haven't finished a season. I hear The Wire's really good. It's fantastic. The last season, not a big fan of. But mm. that, seems, that seems to be a popular a lot, with a lot of great shows. Sadly, it's season. a very, yeah, very common thing with, like, the best series. Never want them to end. And, like, Sopranos, what, it's, it's super consistent. And then the only thing, like, the harsh criticism is the very, very end, right? But it is super consistent the entire way through. Right. And I'm, I, it makes me just – it fills my heart with joy to see that you are enjoying it just as much as I did the first time I watched it. And the same with Ricky Flex. And mm-hmm. I can't wait that we get to Many Saints in Newark. And then we even said we were going to do uh, – even last episode, we're going to do some Sopranos talk, maybe some, uh, some season five, season six reviews or something like that. And I like uh, – you said superlatives last week. I love that idea. We absolutely have to. I have to talk about my favorite characters, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and my least favorite characters, because I, I have one that I hate more than anybody on the entire show, and 
Like, I don't even know if it's ever, if it's anybody else's most hated character. There's probably be more people that you should hate, but this person just rubs me the wrong way so badly. Can you guys guess who it is? AJ. Yeah, AJ. No. no. He's, turning, he's turning into a little prick, though. No, there's somebody Man. that I hate the absolute most on the show more than anything, anybody. Artie Bucco. Uh, <laughs> Artie no. Bucco. Artie uh, Bucco's not too bad. And this is someone that's lasted through all six seasons. They're here. They're still here with us. They're around in season six. Oh, man. Uh, his sister. Like the, the two most hated ones yes. are usually yeah, AJ. Janice. Oh, oh, who Janice. was it? Janice. Janice sister. has to be. Yeah. Worst oh. character in the entire show. I, I, I hate her. Oh, she makes my blood boil. <laughs> she's top three worst. I think she's top three uh, with Mama Soprano, right? Yeah. Oh, my and God. Then, yeah. Like, and with AJ. And then, as you said, Janice. Like, those are, like, the big three. Like, the, like it's a three-headed monster of, like, literal monsters from that show. Like, I, I, sure. like you nailed it with those three. And, oh, and I, we have to say, Ricky Flux has told me, first time I watched it through, he was saying that he was not a fan of one of the most popular characters on the show and someone that I am a fan of. Uh, Ricky Foots is not like Christopher Moltisanti. Oh, <laughs> he's a terrible it was person. So repetitive, and oh, I got he got. I don't want to spoil. He's it a terrible. Yet. All right, we'll save we'll save this for the we'll save this for the sorry for the I jumped review ahead. podcast. But yeah, let's not dive too much because <laughs> I, I, I don't like him too much either. I mean, I, I I like the character, but I don't like him as a person. Right? Yeah, like the character, you compelling know I mean? character. I like yeah. him. I like him as a compelling character. Him versus Tony. We don't have to get into it right now, but I do want to say, boys, before we get into the news this week, I guess gotta I'm gonna ask you straight up. Who watched the trailer? Who watched the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer that leaked? You told me not to. I did tell you not to, but I didn't know if you were going to follow through. I told myself I wasn't going to watch it, but guess what? I watched it. And you know what? I regret it, but at the same time, I don't. I feel like you regret it. It it wasn't like the highest of quality. There's some CGI missing, and I feel Mm. like they're just waiting. It's like a couple days away. It just feels like that now, especially after this leak. That's usually how it works. Like It gets leaked. Okay, now we have to release it. This might be a whole different animal, though, because of, like, the stakes we're dealing with with Spider-Man 3 and the potential for, like, mm-hmm. different Spider-Men to come into the fold. But after seeing that trailer, I do feel like I'm in an, I'm in an exclusive club. Like, I like, I like, that, I like, you, like yes, Nick, I'm denying people entry. Like, you cannot see it's not on Twitter anymore. It's not on YouTube. You can't see this right now. I am in this club, and I do know what I saw for the most part. Okay. I, I'm, I'm a steel trap, though. I'll be a steel trap for this episode. It better come out soon because be. as, as of right now, I'm not happy that you, you told me not to watch it. But then again, we'll see. I think I think when you if you watch like the what I saw and then you watch the real one, you're going to be like satisfied with your decision. But I do feel like I am in an exclusive club. With that being said, that did inspire uh, our top billing draft this week with the greatest movie trailers of all time. I was praying that we were going to get the official release in the middle of the day today on the day we're recording, but unfortunately that didn't happen. Nonetheless, we're still doing it. All right. Let's get on to the checkup. What do you boys say? Send it. One more moment, doctor. Bringing you the latest news in the movie industry. This is the checkup with Dr. O. Dr. O, check us out. Netflix has announced release dates for its slate of films for the rest of 2021. Adam McKay's Don't Look Up will hit theaters for a brief stint on December 10th, 
followed by a streaming release on Christmas Eve of this year. The film stars Leo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Jonah Hill, Meryl Streep, Timothy Chalamet, Kate Blanchett, and more. Next up for Netflix, Red Notice is going to hit the streaming service on November 12th. The action comedy stars Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds. Power trio right there. Next up for Netflix, The Power of the Dog will debut in theaters November 17th and hit Netflix December 1st. This drama stars Benedict Cumberbatch, that's fun to say, Kirsten Dunst, Plump Boy Jesse Plemons, and Cody Smith McPhee as they clacked over a fearsome family affair in the wild, wild west. Right? Speaking of the wild, wild west, the harder they fall, hits Netflix November 3rd. Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, and Regina King star in this upcoming gunslinging western. Right? Lastly, for Netflix, we have The Guilty, releasing on Netflix October 1st. The film stars Jake Gyllenhaal, Paul Dano, Riley Coe, Ethan Hawke, Peter Sarsgaard, and Bill Burr. What? The film follows a call operator who tries to save someone in grave danger. He soon discovers that nothing is as it seems. Next up on the checkup, moving away from Netflix, Beverly Hills Cop 4 is moving forward at Netflix and is set to film in California. Guess we weren't done with Netflix. Eddie Murphy, will, Eddie Murphy will be reprising his iconic role as Axel Foley. Next up, some MCU news. Dominique Thorne will play Riri Williams, a.k.a. Ironheart, in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Thorne was most recently uh, seen in a supporting role in Warner Brothers' Judas and the Black Messiah. Next up, more superhero news. A Black Canary movie is in the works at HBO Max. Journey Smollett is set to reprise her role from Birds of Prey, with Misha Green set to write the script. All right? We also... The second trailer dropped for Marvel's Eternals. The film was directed by Oscar winner Chloe Zhao and is set to hit theaters November 5th of this year. Next, more action movies. Barbara Broccoli says that no James Bond spinoff shows will happen at Amazon. Broccoli said, in quote, we make films. We Finally, to wrap up the checkup, Will Smith and the Chainsmokers are developing Clean Air, a romantic comedy set in the world of NASCAR for Amazon Studios. Whatever that is. That's going to wrap up a huge docket for the checkup this week. Nez, which headline grabs your attention most from this long slate? You've just been checked up by Dr. O. That lady's last name is Broccoli? <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> that must have been really tough in, uh, in middle school. Um, okay, I'm sorry. That that's not that's not even a headline. That was just that was the first thing I thought of when you read that. Uh, obviously, don't <laughs> look up. I'm excited for don't look up. Mm. Hitting prime time Christmas season. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be one of those Christmas uh, Christmas or December blockbusters. Big time, and it's like that December. It's gonna be that Christmas Day release that we wish we had with Wonder Woman 1984 last year. We were we, had, we were all built up, pent up, and we we're like, yes, we're gonna get this huge blockbuster, and then it crashed and burned. And oh, all I remember wow. on Christmas night is everyone just ripping it to shreds. <laughs> and then Soul came out that day, though. Soul Soul helped it out, but oh, I Soul. agree. Great, great. And movie. I think that's and Don't Look Up. I believe was Ricky Flix's most anticipated movie for the rest of the year. Is that true? As long as Spider Man, uh, no, if. Spider-Man doesn't come out this year, then yes. Right. All right. So, and like and from that slate, Ricky Flex, like other than don't look up, what else, what, what else captures your attention there? It's just the names that we, we've been saying throughout this whole year. We've done two anticipated drafts. 
uh, Power of the Dog was not on either of those, but right probably right around the top 15. So each of our fives. Then Red Notice, just those three stars, three of the biggest action, action stars in the world. Can't look past that. And just honestly, just mm-hmm. not to go through each one, but Netflix just taking over the checkup this weekend. Honestly, like they're set up the back half of this year is where they're going to shine. They haven't had too too many like great films come out the, the first part of this year. So the second half is going to be where they're, obviously from this checkup is where they're going to shine, but uh, we'll see, we'll see if anything else can come to the docket here and kind of go above the rest. Yeah. So like Netflix came out today, they put on their Twitter account, they listed all these movies, these movies that we've talked about literally for months, as you just said, Ricky flex, but now it's like, you feel that they're coming, right? They're just around the corner. And that's, they had this like, where it's like every other week, there's going to be a massive release. And these casts that they're boasting, they are worth boasting about. Like they're star studded and I'm excited for it. Don't look up is like literally the peak of, of those casts, but everything else, even if you go through power of the dog with Cumberbatch, Dunst and Clemens, harder they fall. Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, Regina King, The Guilty. We've got Jake Gyllenhaal, Paul Dano, just names upon names. And this was a problem that Netflix had previously is they couldn't get more than like one or two names in their movies. Mm-hmm. People didn't really trust Netflix with these like award season movies or even action, like star studded, like action movies, I should say, not star studded. But they can only attract like a certain number of stars. Now it seems like everyone wants to work with Netflix. Whoa. And that is huge for them. Well, it helps when you have filmmakers sign on, like Scorsese to sign on to do movies, Fincher to sign on to do movies, Spielberg to sign on to do movies. And who wants to work with great uh, filmmakers? Adam McKay. Great actors. Adam McKay. So it's just when you get great filmmakers, great actors are going to follow because that's that's who they want to work with. So that's what Netflix did. They've done a great job. And I guess just the last thing I'll say on this news is that unlike like a Warner Brothers, or not maybe not Warner Brothers because they have HBO Max now, but other movie studios that aren't necessarily a streaming service, that you might like a, like a Spider-Man they're, re- they're going to rely on the box office. And I said, I don't know if that's coming out this year. Uh, positively hundred percent. I don't know, but you know, with Netflix, these movies, when they give out a date, it's coming out on that date because it's going to go on the streaming service, obviously. So that's just more hype. I'm more hyped that, that we finally have a date to these names and that they actually are coming out this year officially. It's set stone. It's reliable. Like you, you can expect it to happen. Like there's no, they won't let you down. Just like the theaters have let us down time and time again over the last year and a half. Um, I, I also kind of want to, I want to nerd out a little bit here. We got Dominique Thorne playing Riri Williams. For those who don't know, that is a comic book version of a younger, it's like someone that takes up the Iron Man mantle after Tony Stark uh, vacates right in the comic books like this is a more uh, modern MC uh, Marvel character that we're seeing Dominique Thorne play and she's and this was a series she's gonna have her own series right on Disney plus that was teased at Disney investors day uh, at the beginning of this year so or it might even been last year but I think it's just fascinating that we're gonna see this character introduced so early earlier than expected I should say and we're getting like someone like you thought you would take a break a little bit from the Iron Man character in general. And the fact we're getting it so soon with this Black Panther sequel, is kind of surprising to me. No, what do you guys think? I think with her come up right now from being Judas and then obviously like a, a Beale, uh, whatever the Beale street can talk, whatever. And, uh, and then the Netflix is uh, uh, Jimmy Fox movie as well. Like she's just on the come up right now. She's been in a lot of star studded or just oh, Dominic Fishback. Oh, whoops. Yeah. Dominic Thorne. Oh my God. Ooh. Yeah. No, then I have no comment. Then I accept that. Wow. It's early. 
<laughs> Nez, are, do you want to see like an Iron Man type character like reinstituted into the MCU? Yeah, I mean, as long as they have a twist on it, you know, they don't try and copy Iron Man's personality and stuff. Because, right, that's the best part of the character. It's Robert Downey Jr. playing Iron Man and having that, you know, um, billionaire playboy philanthropist attitude. Um, so if they want to bring it back and, and give it a decent arc and, you know, and it's not called Iron Man, I'd be open to it. I, don't really, I really don't mind. I, I think I agree with you, too, mainly because – the MCU has already set this precedent, especially right after Endgame. What did they end uh, Phase Three with? And that was Spider-Man. No, uh, Spider-Man. Uh, no way home. What is it? Far from home. Excuse me. I'm getting all the homes mixed up. Far from home. But like he, like Peter Parker, is set as like the next Iron Man. I guess like he's he's the one technically taking up the mantle from Tony Stark. So yes, you're gonna have a character that is dressing similarly to Iron Man. But we also have that with like Rhodey with War Machine, who's also getting his own series. And that's just like, as I'm saying this out loud, you have all these different characters that are getting these side series, and the overlap between the movies and shows. I mean, we've talked about it before with the fatigue and everything, but hopefully they can bring a story that is like engaging, something that, as Nez said, that's new to MCU audiences. And you can't really replicate, obviously, what Tony Stark did. No one can. Like, that's a one in, one in a lifetime type of uh, charismatic performance that he put on and that he carried through for literally 12 years. It was, it, was, it was nuts. So I'm excited to see what Dominique Th- Thorne brings to the table. I did love her in Judas and the Black Messiah. She's got some attitude to her. So I'm excited what she's going to bring into the sequel there. Um, I also wanted to talk about uh, Barbara Broccoli. Naz brought, up the, Naz brought up Broccoli. But I think um, she makes an interesting point because she uh, – well, James Bond, the rights to James Bond went to Amazon, right? Ricky Flex, am I correct about that? This is why they're having correct. these discussions. Correct. So – she is committed to not making spinoff shows, right? Not expanding the James Bond franchise to more than just the films. And personally, I love that. I dig that. I want that, right? I don't want them to do what the MCU has been doing, just like oversaturating, right? The, like, like their content like into like the masses. I like that we are strictly trying to make the best movies possible, right? And this also makes me think they won't go directly to streaming. I also, this makes me think these will eventually be owned, right? And they will go on Amazon Prime. But it gives me hope that they're committed to the theater experience, especially with what they're doing with No Time to Die. What do you think about that, Flix? Yeah, this, if it was anything else, then I think movie Twitter would have rioted. James Bond's meant for the theaters. And everyone knows that in, even an Amazon, a streaming service with Prime knows that. So this is just good news for us, good news for the theaters, and good, good news for movie Twitter. Big time. And uh, boys, is anyone interested in Beverly Hills Cop 4? Who's demanding no. this movie right now? Get that out of my face. <laughs> and this Will Smith NASCAR <laughs> mo- series, I or whatever movie, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin with that. <laughs> with the chain smokers, like, what, I, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, is of course, it's the, cha- the freaking chain smokers that are up to it. Of course. NASCAR, like, like <laughs> I'm cool n- with NASCAR, but like, how did Will Smith and chain smokers get wrapped up in this? And it's a romantic comedy. Like yeah. Will, Will Smith odd. and those meddling kids. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. The chase, <laughs> like the chain smokers. I'm like they're gonna have one of them like try and star in it or something, right? That'll get the box get office me, numbers up. Get me Tom Cruise back in the box car, and then I'll watch it. Wow, <laughs> Days of Thunder, baby. Wow. 
Oh, oh my gosh. Did you guys see that clip of Mission Impossible train flying off a cliff? Did you guys yes. see that? I did see that. Yes. Dude, the, the, Tom Cruise has got to be on that train, right? Has to be. I don't see why he wouldn't. <laughs> he's a wild man. He's been on a he, – He's he learned how to fly a helicopter for the last Mission Impossible. You're telling me he's not on that train? Please. I mean, that's arguably not even, like, the most dangerous thing he's ever done, right? He's, like, jumping building, for building to building. He's hanging on the side of planes. He's hanging on helicopters that are crashing. Like, this would, be, this would not be surprising. He was on that train. And that's crazy to say, but, yes, it wouldn't be surprising. <laughs> for anyone else, it would be shocking. For him, that's just another day in the life. Uh, any, any other um, headlines you guys want to address today before we move on to our throwback? Black Canary, I have no interest. <laughs> I think it's clear that I do not like Birds of Prey. I, I don't even know if I like a single thing from that movie. Like, everything was either mediocre to bad. Not looking forward to that, but I will watch it just because this is in the DC universe. It just makes no sense to me that Birds of Prey was the lowest grossing DC movie, and I think it might maybe of all time. Like, maybe Probably. of all time. I don't even know if a DC movie, like, like gross – I mean, at least a DCEU money, movie, it's the lowest grossing. It's, it's just a fact. And then the fact that they, they're using this to like promote one of its supporting characters just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. Yes, it's not going to be a full, full-blown movie that's going to be in theaters. It's going to be on HBO Max, but I assume the production quality, they're going to want to put a lot of money into it. And I don't think you're going to get that much of a return on your investment by having a movie about Black Canary. Why don't you, why don't you just focus on these popular characters that DC fans actually care about right rather than go into these small time investments like marvel what they're doing they've built up they they have like they've invested into their major assets that they've owned right these big name superheroes dc they're kind of all over the place and they're trying to like have these like hbo max like shows or movies that are devoted to these small time characters that really don't deserve them in my opinion so that's kind of like pissing me off a little bit because they're they're always trying to jump a couple steps they're always trying to jump too many steps rather than just focus on okay make a couple great movies they're on a roll they're on sort of a roll right now keep up that positive momentum with the same strategy rather just do what marvel's doing yeah marvel has the credibility dc like it's kind of Sad to say, but they just don't. But they're going to try it out. They might be rushing it a little bit. But, hey, she, uh, Misha Green, uh, she, I know she was a part of Lovecraft Country. Um, mm-hmm. as a, She was either the writer or one of the writers. And, um, like, I guess that's some credibility behind that. And then Satana, uh, that's going to be on HBO Max, Emerald Fennell, obviously Oscar winner this past year. So maybe with good writers, that, that could help uh, start something new for H, for DC here. Fingers crossed. They've got some great characters at the DC catalog. Uh, that's going to do it for the checkup this week. Let's move on to our throwback review of Uncut Gems. All right. We are here with Uncut Gems, our review this week. Maybe a, uh, an unexpected review from the Drive-In podcast. We're usually trying to keep up to date with these new movies. All right, the Drive-In, we, saw it, we said, hey, Reminiscence, bleh, Beckett. Bah. We don't really like these movies that are coming right here. So what are we going to do? We're going to leave it up to you, the listeners, our followers on social media to help us decide what to review this week. We gave you four options. You guys said you want to hear about uncut gems. And we thought, hell yeah. And that's what we're going to do today. So uncut gems sits at Rotten Tomatoes, has a 91% audience score, 52%. That's kind of shocking. Okay. IMDb. 
7.4 out of 10? I'll give you the synopsis. A charismatic New York City jeweler, always on the lookout for the next big score, makes a series of high-stakes bets that can lead to the windfall of a lifetime. Howard must perform a precarious high-wire act balancing business, family, and encroaching adversaries on all sides in his relentless, relentless pursuit of the ultimate win. There's your synopsis. Okay. This is a back review. So I kind of like want to discuss a little bit like what you guys remember about before you saw this film, the buildup, the hype, what you guys uh, recall regarding that aspect of the film. So like Nez, what do you remember like leading up to seeing Uncut Gems? I remember being like, what the hell is this? I mean, Sandler, come on, this guy's washed. This guy only does comedy movies back in, you know, the early 2000s and the 90s. I, I had very low expectations, if you want me to be honest. I was like, what the heck? I mean, listen, I'm a gambler. I like to, I like to bet on sports occasionally and play a little bit of poker here and there. And uh, so that, you know, that did intrigue me. But I was also like Sandler. Like what? Like in, in a serious role? Get out of here. This guy's washed. It blew me away, though. <laughs> the guy's washed. Well- the guy's washed, right? But he, he proved a lot of doubters wrong with this film. Uh, but people, I think, had your, had the same type of feeling you were going through. Like, as you saw, like, the, the, you saw the pictures of him on Twitter with the mustard yellow and the shades, like, that you're wearing right now, right? And then, you like, uh, so I just want to, like, obviously, he's known for such like, his likable roles, his Netflix comedies that he's put out the last five years. Then he spices up with this uh, exciting drama. Ricky Flex, what do you remember about the hype for this film? I had great expectations. Sandler was on, was doing interviews left and right. KG was doing interviews left and right. Sandler was petitioning for an Oscar. He's on the Oscar campaign. Safdie brothers coming off of good time uh, just two years prior, age 24 on the come up. My expectations were sky high and they exceeded them. The, my expectations for this movie were so high, but somehow, some way, the Safdie brothers and the Sandler man, Sandman just, just, it just, this movie is awesome. Just the rewatch. I had a great time on the rewatch. I know, Dr. Rowe, we were discussing beforehand that you don't think this movie is very rewatchable. I do think the surprise factor and those elements, the first time you watch it, that anxiety, the chaos in this movie, that'll never be topped from the first time you see it, like a lot of movies. But I do think this movie is rewatchable because it's that good. So interesting. So I was, I did mention that off recording, and I still stick by it. So First time I saw us in theaters, I like needed another shirt. I was I was, I was sweating right through it. We, I know Ricky Flex and I saw it with our uncle. He said he wanted to like leave the theater halfway through because literally he just like didn't know if his heart could take it because it's absolutely pounding through your chest the entire movie, right? So I mean, when I was watching it the second time, I, I guess I knew what was coming, so it took away a little bit, obviously, from like like the, the pulse pounding factor, like the unpredictability of this movie. But also I just noticed a bunch of other flaws that maybe I didn't recognize the first time because I was just obsessed with like, what is Adam Sandler doing right now? <laughs> Cause he was so compelling. I'm like, who, how, when have we ever seen Adam Sandler do something like this? Yes. He's done punch Struck love. Yes. He's done the Myra stories. He's done these like dramas, right. That are less, I mean, Punch Drunk Love, he plays a very anxious character as well. But this, he is providing the anxiety in this movie. He is giving audiences anxiety. So I guess we just start out with Sandler. What did you guys like most about him in this film? And do you guys think it's his greatest role he's ever done? What do you think, Nez? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, don't, I honestly don't know what to pick. I think it's just the fact that 
he's so compelling and he just like embodies the character in this film he does it so well where he comes across as this very charismatic but scummy kind of person he gets you to kind of root for him but then you think about it and and like that's what a lot of his roles are like you know but billy madison isn't the nicest guy in the world like happy gilmore is like not a great guy he's kind of a bad person but he still kind of makes you like him at the end of the day obviously the characters are so so different but when you really think about these characters and how he and, and how he's able to kind of get you to root for a guy that in real life like if he actually existed he's probably not a nice guy like we're all rooting for this guy in this movie and, and he's just like a terrible person <laughs> So I thought that was really interesting. I thought I, I think it, like as different as this is from things that Sandler has done in the past, like he does play. He is he has always been able to to win you over with characters that uh, you know don't really have any moral high ground or standards. I I, I agree. I I like I I think the thing about like comparing like his roles, like obviously in his comedies, you just strip away the comedy, look at the characters themselves. This, like him as Howard Ratner, he just has an extreme edge to him. There's like no other character where Sandler's play where he has that edge and he's towing a line where, as you're saying, as as I'm watching this, this is a movie full of unlikable people, right? But I do find myself rooting for him in the last final act of this movie. I'm not sure of it in like the first and second act. The third act, I am 100% pulling for him. And yeah. I think that speaks more towards Sandler and his likability. Like maybe it's just, it's already in my mind. I'm going to root for Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. Or it's just from his performance. And based on his actions during the movie, I'm just, I have to believe it's his performance. And I really think that he sold it to me in this movie. I watch him in this movie i'm like damn this guy's a gambler like i believe he's an actual gambler like yeah. he, he embodied the role so well and we know his like familiarity familiarity with the sports world and just like that's why i think the casting for him works so well too because it's like damn i bet adam sandler actually had put puts money on the nba playoffs he's putting money in, in like on kg and the celtics right he's a new england guy i just believe it or he's a next guy i don't even know what he is but uh ricky flex what, what did you make of sandler's performance here do you think it's his best KG, KG, every time he said that. <laughs> Don't you got a game tonight? But going back to the sand, like that, every time he said KG, I just cracked up laughing every time, but it worked. And it just shows that this whole performance works. And I think he's just like a sociopath. Like in this movie, he just, he's so not, he's so not aware of his surroundings and how much of a schemer he is. Or he knows it himself, but he thinks he's like a, a evil genius, basically. And I think it works so well in this movie. And you are rooting for him, but I think you're also subconsciously rooting for him because you're rooting for Adam Sandler to do well in a role that's not really suited for him, or uh, or uh, not suited for him. I mean, like what he what he doesn't usually do. He usually does the comedy. Here is doing serious acting here. And honestly, I just thought I this time around I wasn't rooting for him as much. This is like my third viewing of this movie. And sometimes I did find him annoying just because of his actions and the type of person he is. And sometimes the accent besides the KG, like when he's in Philadelphia with the Keith in that scene, I, I just kept rolling my eyes and it's like, I really, he's really pissing me off right now. And he's supposed to, but like really pissing me off. But by the end, you're right. Still at that final third act, you end up rooting for him, no matter how annoying he was throughout the movie, mm-hmm. no matter how bad of a person he is, you always do. And I really thought like going into it, like, man, like he's really pissing me off, but I still did at the end. 
uh, yeah. So I think the consensus we we all, we all dig Sandler in this film, and he's pushing his boundaries. Like we all know him for the person, like the the classic Sandler character he is, what he's comfortable with. But we know he has those capabilities, right? That he can push the dramatic the traumatic boundaries to his acting abilities. Like he can do that, and we want to see him do it more, especially as he gets later in his career. Like don't like we know he likes to have a good time, like like uh, talking to his friends on the sets of his movies, right? All like the guys from like the Mr. Deeds days, from Billy Madison days yeah let's get them back together let's, oh, let's make grown-ups three or four let's just keep on going i want more of this that's that's a selfish like sandler fan though that's a very selfish sandler fan because he has his capabilities he chooses not to do it all the time um i also want to talk about uh another casting in this movie like the supporting cast in my opinion did not not, not even come close to living up to sandler's abilities here i think sandler really stole the show lakeith stanfield i think was a second for me like i think he did a great job in this role uh and i think he had a firm understanding of what his role in this film was going to be as well where he brings the stars to sandler and he acted like yeah i think he i really think he played it like perfectly the as well as he could have played it but i also want to talk about kevin garnett kg um this is his first acting gig like this is the first time we've seen uh him in any type of movie let alone a safety a24 film how do you think he did in his debut as himself nez i actually think he did really good i think he did really well um playing himself i mean he didn't really have to do much because he got to play himself but uh i thought that no i thought i thought he did great and uh i thought he was a great cameo in the movie um awesome to have and um yeah i don't, I don't really have that much else to say about it i just liked having him in the movie I think he was good. I it was think kind of cool. Yeah. How they changed the time, like not changed the timeline, but they kind of set it back when he was playing. So I thought that was, that was neat. Right. Right. And I think like when this movie, like this movie is now fairly, it's now fairly known how chaotic this movie came to be. Like this movie was written in back in 2009 and they were trying to search for who could be that KG part. There was like, I know there was times that Amari Stoudemire was going to play that part. Uh, Kobe was even rumored to play that part. Uh, I think Joel Embiid at one point, uh, I, I think that's, I think Joel Embiid was like rumored to be at this, like a, uh, as early as like the same year, 2018, when they were making this movie. But I think KG was the perfect person for this role because of his serious nature, because he's like the, like, because of who he's on the court and just as a person, you know, like he's yeah. just a very serious guy is just not going to take no for an answer or he's going to attack you. That's similar to like a Kobe, I think would have done well in this part, uh, RIP, mm-hmm. obviously. But like a Joel Embiid, I think would not have worked in this role because he's too comedic. I feel like uh, not being like a, the, a comedic aspect of this role, a comedic star like a Joel Embiid would not have worked nearly as well and taken this as seriously. So I think that this was a better uh, route to take. And K- I thought KG just played himself, like you said, and did well. And pe- people like to get like cute with it. And they say like, oh, Kobe would have been amazing. Like Kobe, Kobe you know, like understands movies more than KG. I'm like, like, do you understand this role from KG and from the Safety brothers here? It's very one note, right? And it's like, you're, you're like he, you are serious all the time. They're literally just telling him, have the same mentality, bring the same mentality you bring to your game and do exactly the same for this movie. And then you will be fine. And that's what he did. And he did nail it. He didn't have to like go beyond what he's already familiar with. And that's why he's so good. And that's why I think uh, like Kobe would have been the same. Like Kobe, like people say like he would have been, it wouldn't have been better. It would have, if anything, it was just going to be the exact same. So I think right. like having KG there, like it, it, it I thought it was, it could have gone, it could have gone way off 
Like it could have gone off the rails. It could have it could have been something terrible with an inexperienced actor. But I think he did it. He did a great job with it. Like for what he had to do. And then I want to talk about um, other cameos in the movie and what you guys thought about it. What do you guys think of uh, Francesa getting thrown in there as the bookie? I liked him. I still like him. I was, the, uh, <laughs> I was pretty excited when I saw him that first time. I'm not gonna lie. Not the biggest Francesa guy, but. I find yeah. him I find him hilarious. I mean, I find him just like extremely comical <laughs> in general. So the fact that he made it in this movie, I thought he does you know, I thought he deserved to be in it. I thought it's, you know, very New York. Drops yeah, very New York. New York. Yeah, very New York. I, I definitely liked him. I don't particularly listen to him either, but I just I crack up every time I, I see this movie and he's on the screen. And I, I think he did it works. I, if you guys I haven't was... if you guys no, at home sorry. haven't seen it, go look up. Mike Francesa prank calls, Jason Giambi, or Jason Giambi prank calls. They're the best YouTube clips in the universe. Look it up. Mike Francesa, Jason Giambi prank calls. It, it, it's just amazing. You've sent me those before. You've sent me those on Twitter. They're incredible. I, I, can't, I can't endorse that recommendation more from Nez right there. Perfect. But as I was watching this movie too, I was wondering, it's kind of weird that we have like actual like kg in there but then we have like mike francesa playing someone right, right i was like what that's kind of doesn't make sense but like I, I it's just the fact that he's in the movie just makes it gold to me um ah man so i i guess we, we can move on for the performances a little bit and we can talk more about like what you guys thought of like the actual filmmaking process here because this is a very polarizing movie it's a 91 percent on rotten tomatoes but you look at the audience score it's a 52 percent yeah. so crazy when you look at that 52 percent like what i think of i just think of what we talked about earlier is this movie actually enjoyable for people to watch is it more of stress and that's why they don't enjoy it but because some people enjoy the thrill ride that they go on with this movie other people are like our uncle where it's like your heart's pounding through your chest you think you might be physically ill from watching this movie so is that what you guys think is leading to this like low audience score and makes the movie so polarizing I definitely think so. I definitely think that those that 52% re, uh, represents people that don't rewatch it. And I'm not saying you have to rewatch it, but I do think it knowing the ending and just knowing it's just having one viewing of it, watching it the second time, you're much more relieved. And I think it takes away from the viewing. Um, as that's the first time I, see, I saw this movie, I st- still think that was the best viewing for me. But I think maybe that 52% says, hey, maybe they got to give it a rewatch so they can actually calm down a bit and not think about their, their health yeah, I think uh, I think people thought it was a lot of people thought it was too stressful, but I think that's why the movie's so good is because it's so stressful. Um, I, I, and I would tell those people the fact that you felt so stressed, the fact that this movie was able to make you feel so deeply and like actually stress you out. I mean, it's, it's a movie, guys. It's a movie. It's not real life. It's a movie, but it still stresses people out. Um, and I think that just speaks to how good it actually is because it's capable of stressing you out. It's fiction and people are like literally like freaking out. You know what I mean? Um, and I think, like I said, I think it just speaks to the quality of the movie and, and you know, you know, a movie's good when, when it's capable of making you feel an emotion more intensely than you should. Yeah. And, and like, I'll say this too, like when you saw it in the movie theater, like after the movie, and I, I know Dr. O saw and I saw it in a packed theater. The audience was buzzing after this movie. The audience was buzzing. Like it, people were nonstop, like 
the banter after this movie was so fun. Like it was so like everyone was so entertained by it, whether you liked it or, or didn't like it, liked the stress or didn't like the stress. And I think that really contributed to this movie. And it's again, this is it's so hard to show, like get someone that stressful watching a pure fiction uh, film here. And the Safety brothers did it and they did it to perfection. And it wasn't just them, the cinematography of it, the music, just everything was on point that contributed to it. So not just the actual filmmaking, but also the other aspects of the film, uh, the editing as well. Just everything kind of just put this into like a big heat basket for us audience to get real hot and sweaty while watching this movie while we're stressed out about it. So this is what the Safties did. And I think it's genius. They made they made me and every other person in the in the theater feel like you are trapped here. You are trapped here in this movie, in this theater, watching Howard go through what he's going through. Because guess guess what? Howard is feeling the same exact way. He is trapped. He can't get out. Imagine the anxiety is going through him right now, right from his experiences in this movie. So like it's like literally they're trying to have you feel similarly to the main character of this movie, in my opinion. I like and like that. It's like this is the life of someone who's living literally a gamble at a time. He's risking everything, like every other minute. He gets KG's ring, right? To uh, as collateral for like the for the gem. What's he do? He pawns it immediately. All right. This is without even thinking about it. Yeah, without even thinking. This is the first thing he does when he gets the ring. Oh, he gets uh, 65000 He makes $65,000 from the gem. What's he going to do? Oh, go to Mohegan's son, make a, make, a, make, a, make a three-way parlay, and we can make a million dollars. He doesn't eight, even like, think about it. It was this like is, eight ways. It was insane. But this is like the story. That, the, the first one was like a six-way. The last one was like a three-way with the tip oh, okay. and gotcha. everything. But the, uh, But it's just like the life of a gambler, of an addict, that you're stuck. And this is what he's feeling. He is like... There's so many rewatchable scenes. I know we said it's like debate. I'd say it's, I guess it's a little bit more rewatchable if you know what to, what to expect. Like I said in the beginning, there's so many scenes that if you were put in that situation, I would be screaming. I would be punching a wall. I would be like, like the amount of like, uh, I don't even know. I, it's, like, it's like, what would I do if I was in that situation? For example, like if I was at my kid's play, right? And he owes these people money and they're just sitting in the back. Like to me, that's one of the best scenes of the movie where he literally is kidnapped by the people that he owes money to. And then he's literally locked in his own trunk. So it's like those type of scenes, they make you want to cringe. They make you want to leave the theater, but guess what? You're trapped. You got to see what eventually happens to Ratner, right? Sandler's character in this movie. So I guess that's my two cents about it. You guys have any, have any other favorite scenes from the film? I just think we should acknowledge the fact that the weekend's in. I don't think we've talked about that cameo yet. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yes. The I weekend, remember when, I th- when we found out. I was like, "Oh my god, what?" Like, the weekend. Didn't think he was a movie guy. I, I think the weekend has said that he wants to do movies, like after he's uh, after his next album. I think that's wow. true. Uh, I, I did. I, th- I know he's a, he was big into the production of a Super Bowl like halftime show last year, and he said I, I did read a tweet or I think I read an article saying that he's interested in like going full into movies after his next album. Oh, wow. interested in uh, seeing the weekend's opening weekend. <laughs> Boom. Uh, Flex, do you have any other favorite scenes? The the ending, just the ending. I thought was like I, we can jump into it if we want, but. The ending was just perfect, and the whole gag about the door actually makes actually was a big actually meant something in the end, which I like. That's just good filmmaking, as we discussed. 
uh, and actually connected, and then Sandler just cheering on his team while the three guys are just in a boiler room, a hot box door. So that was great. Yeah. And then, like, I think people might not like the ending to this movie, right? Obviously, I we did had, not. We had, you don't like it? You don't like the demise of Howard? Spoiler alert. This is a spoiler review, by the way. I'm sure you guys have seen it now. I wasn't sure if we were doing spoilers. Yeah, no, that really pissed me off at first. Why? I feel like I got no payoff. Well, I, mean, I think I think he like obviously he loses entirely as he lost his life, but he kind of does win at the end a little bit, right? He got he finally made his big bet. He landed. He got the gem. Mm-hmm. Like everything worked out for him finally after all this chaos of the two hour movie. And then obviously it didn't work out for him. But he, you know, like I still think like he finally won. He finally got it. But then it, he's a bad guy, so he had to die. He didn't yeah. deserve to have something good happen to him. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. And then speaking of like at least he died happy too. He died like in the state of euphoria. Yeah. Yeah. He literally coming off the huge win. I've I just became a just made a million dollars. but it's like interesting that we watched like his demise because he was never like in a successful position as we're watching this movie, right? So it's like I didn't notice that in the opening credits of this movie. You guys see who executive produced us? Uh, Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese executive produced this film. And I think he was on this film for one reason. He's the master at creating unlikable characters, unlikable people, and turning them into protagonists. Mm. I mean, he must have been like in the Safdie's ear every once in a while, just saying like, this is what you need to do. And this is why like we bring up the fact like we're actually rooting for him the third act of the movie. It does feel like a Scorsese movie if we think of Goodfellas, Wolf of Wall Street, things of that nature, right? So I just thought that was an interesting tidbit as I was watching. But ultimately... He was a bad guy, like and like the, he and he he knew like luck was going to bounce his way. But whenever something good happened in this movie, it ended abruptly right after it almost ended abruptly right after every time. So it's like after he won a million dollars, you're not going to say, oh, he's going to go off into the sunset with Julia. You know that it's not, it's not going to be happily ever after, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you said it perfectly. Um, do you guys think this is the best gambling movie of all time? It depends. No. It's like it's not like the like. No. Remember with the free guy last week? Is that a video game movie? Like obviously this is a gambling movie, but this gambling movie, like, it's not a card like round. It's you like think a rounders, sports betting you know? movie, but it doesn't. Right. Yeah, it doesn't beat rounders to me. It doesn't even beat Molly's game. Whoa. That's a big debate. Really, I like Molly's game. I really like Molly's game. Mm-hmm. Sorkin. So yeah, so like this is a different type of like gambling. It's, I, so if you want to compare it to sports gambling movies, I mean. We could do uh, the Sting. <laughs> That's the only one I like, snap and Sting. I love the Sting. Sea so, Biscuit. I don't know. <laughs> sea People biscuit. definitely were <laughs> Sea Biscuit. I'm gonna call that a sports gambling movie. <laughs> Toby you know, McGuire. What's the uh, two for the money? <laughs> oh, this is yeah, better than that. This is so much better than that. Yeah. I know. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm just trying to. Th- I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to like conjure different. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah, compared to all I can think of are like just like card card gambling. Twenty one. Like I, I just can't think of any sports gambling movies off the top of my head. Ugh. All right. Well, I get. I get because I know like. Uh, I think it was ESPN posted like one of those uh, graphics where it's like the best gambling movies, and they threw in like nine random gambling movies that like have no relation to one another. And I know that it was getting ripped on online. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, I'm looking no. online right now. Yeah, 
Mississippi grind, but that's okay. again not sports gambling. I guess a so, little bit. Somebody with, has hot tub time machine in there. I don't know how that makes any sense. <laughs> hot tub time machine. Does that qualify? Is there any betting in that movie? So, I don't know. Maybe so Google is just messing up. Casino Royale. Anyways, uh, so I, I guess I guess it stands out a little bit. Casino Royale, perfect. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one to compare it to. Um, and the Safdie brothers, right? This is their second movie ever made, right? Fall like second major movie ever made, following yeah. Good Time. This is basically Good Time on steroids in terms of like the anxiety-inducing like filmmaking the Safdies are now known for, like. Where do you guys want to see them go next? Like, what is their next step? Flix, I know you're a huge fan. I am, but I don't know. Like, I don't know what's what they're doing next, to be honest. I've top of my head. And I don't know. Like, A24, they have a good thing going right now. I say just keep, like, if they want to keep doing just these suspenseful thrillers, like, I'm, <laughs> sign me up every time. Like, I'm down. I personally, I still like Good Time better than this movie, personally, barely. But I got it, too. But I'm down for more of these. But if they want to venture out and try something else, I'll still watch it because I think now they've gained credibility that they must watch a film. Yeah, and like the, I like what they do with um, their lead actors too, where they give them on like like Robert Pattinson when he was cast for Good Time, no one was expecting Robert Pattinson to have a breakthrough performance, like a comeback type performance after what he's done with the Twilight movies, right? People weren't expecting that. Adam Sandler, they're like, oh my gosh, they're like seeing him in this despicable type of role after what we've known for Adam Sandler to be, Adam Sandler to be their casting decisions have been pretty awesome to this point, and they're exhilarating to watch. Um, I know they signed a deal with HBO, so I think they might be doing like some uh, some uh, right. limited series with HBO. I could see that. That might be on the horizon, maybe longer arcing stories. That could be cool. But yeah. uh, either way, like if they like, I know Benny Safdie's into the acting game now. It's going to be a soggy bottom. Paul Thomas Anderson movie is going to be in, so well, we'll keep an eye on that too. All right. You guys want to throw some scores around here? All right, Ned, yep. what do we got? I uh, I'll, I give it an uh, 81. 81. I like it a lot. 81 from Nez Flickster. 90. 90 from me. Okay. Uh, I'm going with 86. I'm going to go with 86. I actually went down initially from when I first saw this movie, right? Not as rewatchable. But, okay, so we got a 90 from Ricky Flix, 86 from Dr. O, 81 from Nez. That's going to do it for our review of Uncut Gems. We are now moving on to our top billing of the best movie trailers of all time. All right, we are now moving on to our top billing draft of the greatest trailers of all time. Okay, uh, this is going to be in honor of the leaked trailer of Spider-Man No Way Home. Which has not to which has not officially dropped yet, but guess what? We're doing the top billing anyway. We've determined the draft order prior to recording. Doctor Rowe will have the number one pick. Nez will have the number two pick, and then Ricky Flex will be at the end of the snake of the first round with a third pick. So, Doctor Rowe is now on the clock. I am now on the clock, and I am going to take something that I have declared is the best trailer I've ever seen. And it's something you might call it recency bias. I say pish posh. I'm taking the Batman as the greatest trailer 
of all time, the <laughs> Batman, before the movie has even debuted. This is the number one pick, in my opinion. It may not be. if you. It won't pop up on any of your lists online if you look at the greatest trailers of all time. But in my heart of hearts, when we look on this 10 years from now, people are going to say the Batman had the greatest trailer of all time. Thoughts? <laughs> that trailer only has 20, 25% of the movie in it. Like by the time that came out, they only filmed like 20% of it. Yeah. Not, <laughs> unbelievable. Like this is taking it for me. This is a first round value. Like this, this uh, trailer, even though there's no movie out, but still, I can't believe you took it one, one. It, it that, doesn't even that's matter. Ridiculous, but the, 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 sorry, Ness. No, no, it's okay. But I think that's going to be a very common theme here. I think it's a common theme with mine. It's, you know, we're not, drafting the greatest movies of all time i think it's like based like the how good is the trailer and how much hype did it give you for that movie i think that's like the biggest thing like that's the different differentiation i struggled with that Um, but but i mean so i guess you're right like when i watched this trailer i got so excited and i've watched it a a solid amount of times too and and then i watched people breaking it down on youtube and you know giving details and easter eggs and 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 what's this going to lead to so and it's based off 25 percent of the movie so as much as i think it's hilarious because it feels it's like it was like more like a teaser trailer like i don't think the like official trailer has even dropped yet i understand why you picked it yeah i just i i'm i've been obsessed with this trailer since it dropped a year ago like it's just I I watch it I would say couple like maybe at least once a week like it just pops up on my Twitter I make sure I watch it um this 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 film had already so much hype building around it and then it was like it was blown up tenfold after this trailer dropped and I think rightfully so because this looks like a take on the Batman we really we haven't seen in this type of way i guess matt reeves looks like he has something special here and we look at like the different villains what catwoman looks like what what uh colin farrell looks like as the penguin you have paul dano speaking as the riddler and this whole new type of looking character that is way better than whatever jim carrey used to look almost like the zodiac looking killer and then you have all these clues that you're trying to dive into easter eggs you got owls on the covers of these notes to batman you're like what could this mean I've had exponential questions and hopefully we'll get some answers sooner rather than later. So I'm going with that as my first pick. Nez, your first rounder. Suicide squad. He did it. Wow. (laughs) He did it. The first one, the first suicide squad, the one that was terrible. That trailer got me so excited. I thought that we had one of the best superhero or antihero movies of all time on our hands. Yes, I was disappointed, but the trailer is good. I don't care. Bohemian Rhapsody, love that song. This is the best example of bad movie, great trailer. Bad movie, great trailer. Uh, I wrote a blog about the greatest uh, trailers of the 21st century, like half a year ago, I want to say. This was on the list. It had to be. And like seeing the Joker at the end with like with the with – the, uh, yeah, like with the fist and he's going towards Harley Quinn. You didn't know at that time, is he going at Batman? Is he going at like Robin? Like you didn't know like what was going on in that thing. Like the hype level was crazy. And that reaction to Leto's reveal as the Joker, that was pretty insane on Twitter. Uh, pretty insane. Yeah. Pretty polarizing. Flick style, any thoughts? I can't believe he did it, but this was an awesome <laughs> trailer like before the movie came out. You all like second or 
third iteration of the Joker too, just really got you, really got you hyped up for this movie, which was just an epic failure in the end. But the trailer, all-time trailer, good pick. Yeah, first round is. I think you could have got maybe second round. I think that that was like a ballsy pick. That was definitely a ballsy pick for the first round because you knew the movie, but you understand the draft. Yeah, the man he understands the assignment here. He understands <laughs> the assignment. It's the trailer here. So, Flex, you are now up with your first rounder. Reddit, run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. Affinity War. Best trailer of all time, hands down. The, talk about hype, Marvel hype. I think we'll, there'll be, there will be more Marvel trailers picked, I bet. But this is the best of the bunch, and I, in my opinion, with the anticipation for this movie and Thanos' introduction, this is the best trailer, not just of Marvel, but of all time. If you're a comic book fan, of course. Man, and this had like the, the this had the famous saying from the, the trailer, the most ambitious crossover event in TV in movie history or something, right? Is it that's from this trailer? Yeah, on, this trailer is just unbelievable, and it has all the stars in it, just in yeah. the culmination of everybody. It's just an awesome trailer. Like twenty three movies coming together at one time. This is the trailer everyone was waiting for because it's the movie event everyone was waiting for. Right. And then you had the moment where Thanos is dragging a goddamn moon. He's dragging and throwing a goddamn moon. It's that that psychopath. <laughs> and the first time we see like Brolin like in his full like, Thanos garb standing up, and then they were throwing all these different like teasers that weren't actually in the movie that were that were in the trailer, throwing you off the set a little bit. Mm-hmm. This is where Marvel was at their best with their trailer yeah. uh, trailer creations. You saw Spider Man's new suit, like you you saw you got a lot of different things here, and this one just the culmination of the expectations, even from this movie and this franchise, just went exponentially higher after this trailer. And this was the biggest event uh, movie going event in my lifetime. And it lives up to the uh, to my expectations, of course. All right, and then moving on, I'm going to go finally outside the superhero realm to my favorite actor and one of, if not my favorite filmmaker, Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. I I love business movies. I started a blog series just for business movies, but this one combined the party atmosphere with a Leonardo DiCaprio and then a, a quirky Jonah Hill, just unbelievable. And then Margot Robbie introduction, just that says enough for me. Love this, love this trailer. Hyped me up for this movie, which I had no idea even like was even in the making because I wasn't that, I was, it was freaking eight years ago. So I wasn't as in tune with movies. But when I saw this trailer, I knew that this was going to be the, my favorite movie of all time. Wolf of Wall Street. Great trailer, great Ostaz. movie. Um, it really, really set the stage for what ended up being just a pretty crazy, fun, uh, you know, wild ride of a movie. So, yeah, no, no, uh, no complaints here. And this is a classic example of Ricky Flex just said it. Yeah, I haven't seen this movie yet, but it's already my favorite movie. Right. <laughs> it's like when you saw that trailer, like you saw Leo looking like the stud, and then you have like, Margot Robbie, and then you had Jonah Hill. Like, what the heck is Jonah Hill doing here? You're like, damn, like this is already like, and it's about money. It's about being, it's going to be like, a lavish lifestyle. Like the Oprah and Martin Scorsese's name. 
the opening line was the uh, like the first line of this trailer was I made forty nine million dollars last year, and that really pissed me off because I was three million away from making it a million a week. Like that was the opening line of this trailer, so you knew what you were getting in for. Then you had black skinhead Kanye coming in in the beginning, and then the rest of the show and the midget meeting near the end, the comic relief there, just unbelievable trailer. I loved rewatching it just for this uh, for this draft. That's going to be my second pick. Song was huge. Song choice was huge. Okay. Uh, Nez, yeah, we're moving on to your second pick. All right. This is one that I think I actually would have. <laughs> I'm going to get absolutely murdered for this pick. I think I might have picked it over the Infinity War uh, trailer. And this, I'm only saying this because this is like, this is me going back and looking at, at his like history when Dr. O and I were the weekend wise guys on 1077 every, every uh, Saturday morning. And we picked our most anticipated movies coming out that year. And I think I had first overall pick or my first overall choice for that year in movies. What I thought was going to be the best movie based off of watching the trailers, Ready Player One. I picked Ready Player One to be a better movie than Infinity War. That's how much I love the trailer. There's so many little game Easter eggs, little characters. Do you you remember that, Doctor? Right? I said that, like, there's 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 a recording out there on the internet of me saying. Ready Player One is going to be a better movie than Infinity yes. War. Yes, I was wrong. I admit I it. This. I was wrong. But I was really excited about Ready Player One. Dude. I thought we had something. This trailer was... Uh, dude, I forgot to put this on my list. It's a fire trailer. The Iron Giant. The Iron, the Giant. Iron Giant. The Iron Giant. The Iron Giant. That made it. That made it. And everything. It just, it, it, you're right. Like, all the Easter egg. That was like... that. that the marketing for that movie was so spectacular then you just said like like uh, directed by steven spielberg i'm like sold you got me you got the mm-hmm. lord the delorean and everything that, like, that's a great pick i can't believe i left it off my list <laughs> flicks is shaking his head at me what what's up better man? than infinity war that's gonna be an old <laughs> like i don't know like hey you well, went out on a, a limb old i respect exposed. it i respect no, so it. i did back then so the, the only reason why i'm staying i I might have drafted it earlier if given like in this given the chance is because I made that decision back then based off of trailers alone. So mm. that's that's why I'm thinking like maybe it is the better trailer because uh, I made I made that decision. But at the same time, Dr. O didn't make that decision. Maybe I was just being bold at the time. I was a young buck. I was a young buck. That was it was bold. It was definitely bold. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, I think I just logged out by accident. Are you guys still there? Yeah. What do you mean you logged out? Gotcha. All right. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. He's back. So uh, I'm now going to wrap up. The, I'm wrapping up the second round with. Uh, I'm going to go. I says I already, I already have a superhero movie. I'm going to go two that are non-superhero. First one I'm going to go is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, Quentin Tarantino. I, I, I got to go with that one primarily because this is like the first look, highly anticipated movie, obviously. There's a lot of distribution issues with this movie following the Weinstein crisis and everything with the Me Too movement. Uh, it goes to Sony. When is the trailer going to drop? And all of a sudden we see DiCaprio, Roby, uh, Pitt, 
Then you see Pacino, all these names that you have been rumored. They were finally confirmed. You get, uh, you got, uh, bring a little love in by Los Bravos, a song that after I saw, after I heard from this trailer, I literally put it on whenever it was pregame or I was going to go somewhere or I was having a party with my friends. I'm playing that song. They're like, why are you playing the 70 song? Cause it's in the next Tarantino movie, baby. Let's go. I had, I, like I, and then it was the, you had the Bruce Lee scene versus Brad Pitt. Right. It really built up and you knew it was going towards the Manson like murders. You had Charles Manson waving at the end of the trailer. The buildup was real after this trailer and it led to one of the best films from one of the best movie years in recent memory in 2019. The Bruce Lee thing really sent me. That really sent me when I watched that trailer. I was like, no way. <laughs> this, I watch it tonight now. This was going to be my next pick. So disappointing, but. Hey, if it was there in the third round, then we were doing this draft wrong because this show was something. Besides the star power you said and the music, it had the quick line one-liners. It had Nazi Leo, like yeah. you, you, you order a fried sauerkraut, and it had uh, the trailer scene, the duh, 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 idiot, and uh, and then you're Rick Dalton, <laughs> like it had all the one-liners, him. like with all the stars. This was an unreal trailer and it just screamed Hollywood at you. Awesome trailer. Disappointed I don't have it, but glad I was picked at least in the second round here. And oh, just, that should be our next throwback. Oh yeah. Oh, we did I really like that movie. Did we review this? Oh wait, maybe we did. We have a hidden episode of the drive-in with this movie. It's our <laughs> oh, throwback. Oh, it's in the archive. It's in the Look, archive. Am I on it? I don't think I'm on it. Yes, you, you are. We you did are. the, we did a sports top billing movie after. We should do it. We should redo. We should redo, <laughs> redo the whole episode. Redo the rewatch. It's in the. It's lost in the archives. Yeah, but that one, that trailer, it's just like you. You knew the, the the huge names that were in it, but when like different faces popped up, you're like, oh, know that guy, know that guy, know that guy. Ultimate, know that guy movie. Um, yes. Being in the third round, I'm gonna go with like this is like the chalk pick for usually the best trailer of all time. I'm gonna go with the Social Network. The Social Network has an awesome first um, teaser from david fincher it starts off with a creep from radiohead but like it's not creep uh it's not radiohead it's like a, the choir girl singing it and it's like they're, they're scouring through facebook then they take you through all the iconic scenes from social network where they're partying and uh, while savage chugging a bottle then you got obviously him writing on the walls all like the scenes you associate with the social network all the iconic ones like mark zuckerberg on the panel in front of like the harvard technology or to tech, the technological panel after he broke through like their security and everything and him meeting Timberlake, all that stuff, like all the classics. So uh, mainly from the song itself. Uh, and then so the, the, the trailer also came in 2010 and that's right before like the absolute boom of social media, like Facebook had been around. It was the most popular social form of social media that was available. Like Twitter doesn't take off for like, couple years where it absolutely becomes like oh you're getting like tens of thousands of like likes on like certain tweets and everything facebook was already starting to get, garner that and i think fincher did it was amazing at like almost entering the right time to make that movie before social media just exploded and then people would be like okay where's the twitter movie where's the instagram movie all this other stuff you know what i mean so uh timing was perfect so i'm gonna go social network as my third pick yeah, this like if you Google like when I'm doing research for this draft. At first, I just wrote down all the ones like all the trailers I remember just hyping me up so much that I've seen over the years and just rewatched nonstop because of how much hype. I just want to remember that. But this one, when I rewatched it, I just said, "Man, that 
I, I don't know. I just didn't fall in love with it like I did the first time I watched it. I don't remember like as much as the other ones that I was putting down on my list that love it, like having that great expectation for this movie, even though I automatically did have them. David Fincher, Zucker, uh, Zuckerberg Facebook movie, right, with Eisenberg in the lead. So this movie, just as background, I consider it is like maybe the greatest movie in the 21st century. But the trailer, like, I think it's a great trailer. But as far as expectations and putting me on the edge of the seat waiting for this movie, it was kind of already there, not because of the trailer, but because of just the premise of it and the story. Yeah, I I I, I, I guess I kind of get that. Um, the movie's so good. And, like, it is on a lot of, like, the least top lists. I don't think it's worthy of a first-round pick. I do think it should get drafted, even okay. from the song alone. Because I think the song alone, the creative choice of having, like, Creep, talking about Facebook, yes. showing like someone scouring these different pages, right. liking it, commenting it. Right. I think that was perfect. And it was like a young girl singing it. So it gave you already that vibe of like, oh, this is like, so, it looks so, it appears so innocent what they're doing. What Zuckerberg is doing in this movie, it appears so innocent. It didn't harm anybody. Then they dive in. And it's so much darker edge, just uh, darker edge than you think. You know what I mean? I'll tell you this, Mark Zuckerberg watching that trailer. <laughs> Like that was, that must have been tough. That first minute with that song in the background and them just scrolling through Facebook and all those, all the search, the search lines that they were putting in there. Like definitely the expectations for him. Bad luck. Bad luck. Uh, all right. That's my beginning of the third round. Nez, your third pick. I'm going to go with um, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. So, I wasn't very coherent or, you know, I wasn't, I, I think, I don't even know if I was alive. It came out in 95? 94. 94? Okay. So I wasn't coherent when this trailer came out. I didn't get to see it in theaters or see it on Twitter or whatever, but going back and you rewatch it, having watched the movie, at least, I mean, it's a great trailer. It's a great trailer. If, especially I could imagine looking at it pretty objectively, like not really knowing anything that goes on in the movie it's it's pretty exhilarating and, and it, I think it would pique your interest. It, uh, me knowing everything that happens, having seen the movie a million times, yes, but it has the it has the same music from the opening credits and it's and that music is just fire, anyways. So, uh, yeah, Pulp Fiction, third pick. I, I I'm not sure if I know what it's like. I haven't rewatched it. Rick Flex, you rewatched it? So I I doing the research. It was on a lot of the lists. I did watch it and I just want like, again, just going back to what I just said about the social network or not the social network. Uh, or I just, I guess I haven't said it. I guess I just wanted to pick something that I wanted to like the expectations. I wanted to see it like, what, like this trailer when I was alive, I guess, before I saw the movie, I saw the movie before I saw the trailer. So I didn't get to have those expectations or hype. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't necessarily want to put it on my big board as in like, best trailer you know i get that. but i understand I the that. pick because this trailer was awesome i will i do highly recommend it's people to go back movie. and watch it i can't it's, believe it's, they uh they covered that black eyed peace song in there oh boy <laughs> <laughs> it, it's interesting to watch like older trailers though i do this from time to time just like if it's like 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 before 2000 it's like sometimes they'll have like the voiceover like usually yeah. they have yeah, the voiceover yeah, yeah. they all have like the this, voiceover like in a in world a <laughs> <laughs> exactly you owe me a coke <laughs> i do think the trailers nowadays yeah, are just so much better they're actually like art like the movie not just times. like a promotional well, marketing there's companies cheap ad, you know? that 
there's people that make trailers for movie studios. Like, oh, yeah. That's their job. Isn't that crazy? I a, find that kind of insane. I thought like the director would make it. No. There's people that make movie trailers. It's out. It's an outsourced business. And you're, is, uh, I think, just insane to me. That is guts. Which rom com is it? Uh, we we did a rom com. Josh Duhamel. No, is that Josh uh, Duhamel. The rom com draft and the girl in L.A. like uh, Jude Law. What's that movie? It was around Christmas time. Oh, I the think. holiday. The aging people. The holiday. The holiday. That one. <laughs> they, her job is making movie trailers. Yeah, Jack Black's in it. Oh. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Thank you, nice assist, Doctor O, or whatever. We should we should take a field trip and like uh, see how that's done. That'd be kind of cool. That would actually be sick. Yeah. So Nez with Pulp Fiction as his third round pick. Flex, round up the third round here. Okay. So this next pick is similar to Ness's first two, where the movie's not bad. Okay. Some I, I know some people listening to this are gonna get mad at this. So just don't turn off the podcast, okay? But there's a there's a big hate for this movie. But this trailer was insane because of its ending. And I'm gonna go with The Last Jedi. The Last wow. Jedi. You don't know if Rey's gonna be good or bad. You 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 actually think that she might go to the dark side. You see du- like you see double Ray. You don't know what's going on. You're thinking clone. Like what do you do? Oh, I'm thinking Rise Skywalker. But Rise uh, Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. But Last Jedi. You are thinking she's gonna go to the dark side, and that was crazy. But Rise of Skywalker. I, no season six. I will say trailer. this: th- this trailer did give a glimmer of hope in a trilogy that yes lost at the time. Like it, the the trailer. I was like, wow. I mean, the movie, whatever. But the trailer, like she does the back. She does the backflip in that, right? The backflip. That's the. I think that's, that's Force Awakens. That one's Force Awakens. No, Awakens. no, no. I don't oh. think. I think that no. all these trailers are just mixing in my She's mind. Running now. in the desert, and she does the backflip. Oh, that's Rise of Sky. Yeah, it's right. Rise of Skywalker. I don't, I don't even know. That's Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Crap. yeah, yeah. That one's sick too. I picked. Oh, wait, La- that's not what you're talking about. Yeah, no, no, he, he, Last he, Jedi he, is the he, one where at the end Kylo Ren like offers his hand, saying like, "Join oh, me." Oh, I misheard you. Yeah, I but misheard the, you. If oh. we're talking, about, I don't know if anyone's picking Rise of Skywalker, but that one arguably should be taken a hot, even higher because of Palpatine aspect of it. But I don't want to keep talking about it in case anyone picks it. But I picked the Last Jedi because I, I got to want to talk about it for a sec. Okay, all right, all right, you go, you go. <laughs> That was sick. Like, like, like Nez, I like, I, I didn't, I didn't know what he was saying at first because I thought he was referring to the Last Jedi. But you're right. After Last Jedi, you they lost so many fans, or like they, they lost the trust of so many fans. And then after bringing back Palpatine, Ray doing that backflip, and then like her with the double sword, and you're like, damn, like this could be really it's something like, special. It, it could be like going back to the like the actual Star Wars roots, and then obviously kind of it's put. It's but the Godfather. Both, both Star Wars trailers are great. It's the Godfather three meme, like once they pull me back in, like it's just right when they they lost me. I'm out. Yeah, (laughs) they pull me back in. Exactly. So that's gonna be my third pick. Very controversial, but my fourth pick. I'm trying not to go recency bias here. Wait, hold on, hold on. Before you make your fourth pick, I just want to announce. Speaking of four. The drive-in pod has 4,000 followers on Instagram officially. Oh, wow. Wow. 4K. Wow. Snaps all around, boys. Huge. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, listeners. 
We love that. The road to 10K. Massive. All right, sorry, you can continue. That's uh, a big okay. number. I'm going to mm, – there's a lot of superhero ones on the board, but I'm going to stay away from it and stay away from my recency bias. And I'm going to go with another Leo movie with my favorite director, Christopher Nolan, and that's Inception. The Inception trailer, honestly, I think changed my mind about trailers because it just introduced introduced such a crazy, crazy cinematography and just what you could do in movies with all the moving parts, literally. And then like the, what was it? They said in the trailer, like your mind is, is the scene of the crime, like unreal one-liner there. And you just see the stuff exploding from the floor, redesigning bridges. You don't know what's going on. Your mind is the crime. I don't know. But that trailer hyped me up for that movie, and I, that I missed. I missed those days back back in the late two thousands, early two thousand uh, uh, twenty tens, and just being a dumb idiot and not having a Twitter. So I didn't know anything about the movie going in, and just just experiencing it for without knowing anything except the trailer. That was awesome. And like seeing that, you had the Dark Knight trilogy. Like that was coinciding with this 2010 film from Christopher Nolan. So you're like him after the dark Knight. this was his next movie. And the hype was real. And after seeing like the visuals, them at the, like uh, them in the dream where at the market and you see like, the crates exploding, the, the buildings merging with, uh, with Elliot page and everything. So it looked amazing on the trailer and you knew like, wow, like, because Christopher Nolan, he, he had done, like, Memento, and then he'd done The Prestige, but he, now he's sucked into Batman. What, what's he going to do, like, in the middle of this trilogy? Boom, he comes out with one of the most creative movies of the, of, in cinematic history. Like, I, it's, like, literally on that level in terms of the concept. So I like the pick. It really blew, it, it blew my mind when I saw it as well. All right. So, Nez, we're on to your fourth rounder. Fourth rounder, I'm um, I'm going with Cloverfield. Cloverfield, there was something about the trailer where it just felt so unique. And it isn't a unique movie, but it got you so excited. I was in middle school. I think I saw it at at the preview while I was uh, at, at a different movie. And I really wanted to see it. This like, you know, alien horror thing. You don't really know what's going on entirely, but everybody was freaking out about the handheld footage. And they thought that it was just so cool. I remember being so excited for this trailer. What about you guys? It's Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves, right? And Matt Reeves, I think, directed it. Um, dude, honestly, I've never seen Cloverfield. What? <laughs> I've never seen Cloverfield. I, I, really? I, guess I just yes, I've heard great things. I I I I'm, I just haven't seen it. Flex, wow. you seen it? No. What? Oh my god! We thirteen, thirteen Cloverfield. Right, that's the next throw. That's the next throw. All right, that's the next throwback. This is. We should. Ridiculous. We honestly, yes. That's the that's next review. Ridiculous. I can't believe <laughs> I, that. I heard it's great, and I remember it was a phenomenon. Like not a phenomenon, but it was like really talked about in school. I just never saw it. What the heck? <laughs> it's unbelievable. Tell us more. So, so it's. I know it's like a. It's a major suspense movie. It's like, is it is, is it full on horror or is it like thriller? What, like, how would you classify it? It's like a horror sci fi thriller. I think <laughs> it's like three genres, but it is. It's like because there's like an alien aspect to it. I don't want to ruin too much for you, but it's I, I, it's very. There are horror elements. Like it scares the bejesus out of you sometimes. Jesus. I mean, just think about this. 
you're walking through the subway, you barely have any light, you don't know what's going on, and there's a bunch of creepy crawlies, and you're walking <laughs> through the subway of New York. Just saying. Gotcha. No, I've seen 13 Cloverfield Lane. I've not seen Cloverfield, though. Oh, and you haven't seen... Oh, my... It's all in the... Yeah, that's I'm the do, same look, way. How do you watch 13 Cloverfield Lane and not watch Cloverfield? I don't know. Do your homework. I, was very, homework. I went on a date. I didn't. I don't know. I just like this movie looks great. I I didn't. I don't know. I just I love John 13 Goodman. Cloverfield Lane. I like that. I'm, I'm ashamed, honestly. We 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 have to do our homework, Ricky Flex. Yeah, and I, just I, for I, that, you have to watch the other Cloverfield movie after the one that really sucks. Just as the paradox, the Cloverfield yeah. paradox. <laughs> Have you seen that one? No. It's terrible. It's <laughs> All right. awful. I'll they be- premiered it during the Super Bowl. Everybody got really excited. It sucked. All right. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Dude, I think I'm going to watch. I'm going to see if Cloverfield's streaming anywhere. I'm going to watch it tonight. I'm going to watch it tonight if it's on. All right. And then, uh, then I'll, I'll watch the trailer and then I'll watch the movie. <laughs> That's what I'll do. R- report back next week. <laughs> I will. Um, all right, so Cloverfield with Nez's uh, fourth pick. That's going to play well with other with the crowd. It's just me and Ricky Flicks, I think, are the minority, to be honest. Uh, all right, fourth round here. I'm going to go with mm, Mad Max Fury Road. Mad Max Fury Road as my fourth round pick. Um I was like that movie's sick. Just it's just awesome. Uh, in general, if you talk about cinematography, if you talk about uh, the daring like like stunts that were done in that movie, um, this is like I never heard of Mad Max when I saw this trailer. When I saw this movie, I did I did not know who Mad Max was. I didn't wow. know it was a full on franchise. Like I didn't know Mel Gibson played Mad Max. I didn't know. I guess until after I saw this trailer. Eventually, I found out. Obviously, but I had no desire to go back. And see those movies. This oh, you haven't. Trailer. What? Oh, you're gonna say this trailer. Sorry, go on. What? No, this this trailer got me hyped beyond another level. The, the cinematography looked almost like Blade Runner level. Now, not at the time. I looked back. I, I watched it again today. It was almost like Blade Runner level, and it's really like super artistic, and it's like really well thought out. But then, as the trailer goes on. It gets really like heavy with the stunts, and it gets like people on top of the cars. It's it's obviously you have like the classic like ripping down the ripping down the desert, playing the instruments and everything like that. And it's super hardcore, super hardcore trailer. And then I'm a huge Tom Hardy guy, so seeing Tom Hardy playing this new like this action hero that I had never heard of, it got me pumped, right? And seeing Charlie staring with the buzzed hair, I'm like, what's going on here with the bionic arm? Really this futuristic, apocalyptic type of world. He had me fascinated. And uh, I really thought I was watching a whole new thing, a whole new idea. I had no idea. I was just building off of this movie that already, this franchise that already had like three or four movies. It's kind of nuts. So it just took a really long hiatus. Yeah, I, I actually saw the Mel Gibson Mad Max original before seeing this movie and before the trailer. And I didn't I don't particularly love I don't love those uh, original movies, the original um, Mel Gibson Mad Maxes. But this movie, after seeing this trailer, got me hyped up again to see it. Seeing Tom Hardy on the screen. I did not know Charlie's Throne was just going to steal the show in the mo- actual movie, even off after this trailer. But wow, like this movie was phenomenal. And this trailer just was a sneak peek of the sick action sequences and explosions and Nicholas Holt just being a madman that he is in this movie. So this is a great pick. 
Yeah, definitely on my big board. Um, it starts a little slow. I, I watched it before you did. It starts a little slow, but then like you see all the action and you're just like, whoa, it doesn't give away too much plot. You don't really know what's going on, but you know that this is going to be an action packed movie and comparable to this week's um, comparable to this week's review uncut gems. This movie is like six espresso shots back to back to back. Like your heart is pumping through your chest the entire time. It's just constantly just moving, 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 bang, bang. The pace is so quick. And um, that's, you know, that's a great move. I mean, that's, that's why people like it. So uh, the trailer kind of shows you, sets you up for what you're going to get. Big time, big time. It really is nuts. Like for the middle way till the end, it's like really high octane. Um, all right, so going on to the fifth round, I'm going to go with Us, Jordan Peele's second uh, full-length feature. Us, I think, is it was the, like, obviously the follow-up to Get Out, highly anticipated. We think about I Got Five on it. I know Nez likes that. Uh, I also was just terrified when I saw this trailer. When you think of like the, like, the, the kid wearing the mask, creeping up the side of the house and onto the floor, and then with the scissors, and then like the repeat of Lupita Nyong'o. They're both like facing each other. Very scary trailer, um, and it really got me hyped up because I, I thought there was no way that the uh, Jordan Peele would have another uh, movie that was even close to the level, right, uh, to get out. And then, like, having this movie reach the heights it did, I thought it was exceptional. I don't think it was better than Get Out, but I think on rewatch, I enjoyed watching it more, if that makes sense. So it was not a better movie, but I think I enjoyed watching Us even more. Um, great movie uh, and great performances in that movie. I think that's a future potential uh, review for us for another rewatch, but I'm going to take Us as my fifth round pick. Yeah, great trailer. Great trailer. It's a common theme with trailers, and they have creep when they have creepy uh, yeah. covers of of popular songs. But I re- that one's really eerie. It's very interesting. It caught everybody yeah. by surprise. I remember. Mm-hmm. Eerie's yeah. the best word. Candyman. Candyman comes out uh, this weekend, right? Ooh, I think so. Looking forward to that. Finally. All right. I think uh, and uh, Jordan Peele's uh, producing it. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's why I brought it up. Sorry. Right. And Nez, round out your draft, your fifth round pick. Fifth round pick, I'm going to go in a different direction here. I'm going with the type of trailer that you're sitting in the movie theater. So there's a type of trailer you're on the edge of your sheet, right? You know, it's very intense. You're like, holy crap, I want to watch that movie. And then there's the other type of trailer where you're sitting in the theater and you are absolutely cracking up at what's going on in the screen. The entire theater is laughing. And you're like, wow, I want to see that movie. It looks hilarious. So my fifth round pick, I'm going with Superbad. Superbad trailer. Too hot to stop in the trailer. I think it has Panama as well. Um, And a lot of one-liners, a lot of funny elements of that movie has the whole theater cracking up when you're watching it and when you're watching that trailer. Everybody's cracking up um, and everybody wants to see that movie. It's not as suspenseful or as intense as maybe any of the other ones that we drafted, but I think comedy deserves to get drafted. At least one comedy movie deserves to get drafted because those trailers are good too when you're cracking up listening and watching the trailer. Good representation. Good representation for for the comedy. Put it on the board. Needed to be done. It had to be done. And it, that has all the big like like names in it too, like big names in comedy. And like when you like obviously during that time you're missing like you're at the back half 
of like Vaughn, like the frat pack with like Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, like Will Ferrell. This is like the newcomers, the new kids on the block. And when this mm-hmm. when this trailer came, everybody's like, boom, like, like Seth Rogen bringing in these new kids and everything. First yep. lead for Jonah Hill ends up being a huge name, obviously, in the industry. Michael I like Sarah. Michael Sarah. The home. Boom. <laughs> yeah. God, that movie's so good. All right, Ricky Flicks. All right. Irrelevant. I'm scrambling a bit. I'm I, I'm trying not to pick another superhero because that was my first pick with Infinity War. But uh, since I'm the last pick, I'll just go through like what I'm on my mind right now. Since I already have Infinity War, I won't pick Endgame. Uh, let's see. Guardians of the Galaxy is great, but as the intro to each character. But again, like I just wasn't as hyped up after seeing that because I wasn't familiar with the characters as much. So I'm not going to pick that. I have it on my board, but... I'm not going to pick that either. So I'm going to go with bad times at the El Royale. This was the, besides uh, the, the, all the superhero movies, this movie was the first one I wrote down as in, I remember this trailer so distinctively. And the one line that I just remember is uh, Jeff Bridges. I'm not really a priest. And I really thought this movie was going to be like an Oscar contender, like not an Oscar winner, but I thought it would get nominated at least like maybe for a uh, Chris Hemsworth performance. Cause he looks like he was going to be the star of stars in this movie. He looked insane. It looked like he was going to put his heart and soul into this. And he did, but like, it just honestly it just didn't translate as well as I thought it was going to be on the screen. It had hush deep purple. And then it translated to can't take my eyes off you, Frankie Valley, like John Hamm. Like Dakota Johnson, it, I really honestly thought this movie was going to be just uh, Oscar nominated, at least like some of, some of the performances here. Um, obviously, it didn't live up to that, but I do I do like this movie. Don't love it, but this movie, I really had my expectations high, especially the unique premise, like a motel between Nevada. And like, I love it. I love the concept, but obviously. Wow. Yeah. What a lineup of music alone in that trailer. Jeez. I mean, come on. Unbelievable. When I saw Chris Hemsworth do like the shoulder shimmy, I'm like, he just won the Oscar. Right. <laughs> I'm just like, he just won the Oscar. Give him the trophy now. I, like, I thought like, like that was the most like, I guess, iconic moment from that trailer. And right when I saw it, I'm like, damn, this movie's going to do some damage, do some damage. And it really didn't, which kind of stinks. But I think that trailer is a great pick. Um, all right. So let's read through our list here, and then we'll go on to honorable mentions. I assume you guys both have a couple. Uh, Dr. Rowe has The Batman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Social Network, Mad Max Fury Road, and Us. Nez has Suicide Squad, Ready Player One, Pulp Fiction, Cloverfield, and Superbad. Ricky Flicks has Infinity War, Wolf of Wall Street, The Last Jedi, Inception, and Bad Times at the El Royale. Nez, do you have any honorable mentions you want to bring up? Yeah. I mean, Captain America Civil War. I mean, the hype leading up to that movie was insane. It's like, what? The Avengers are going to fight each other? Oh, my God. Um, And then just going on the MCU path, Black Panther, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, And then after that, I have have Creed and Baby Driver. Baby Driver. Didn't think of that one. Civil War. And like Civil War had the Spider-Man reveal. 
when he was right. going to the yes. MCU. With yes. the shield. Yes. So much yes. hype. So it's like so much hype. Under Roos. <laughs> Huge. Huge. That was such a either. massive moment. I, I had that on my list for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, all right. Gardens of Galaxy was a good one, too. Ricky Flex, what were your honorable mentions? So two that I really wanted to pick, but I just didn't want to double or uh, go on the superhero was Joker. That trailer was unbelievable. Like that was the, that was like, okay, Joaquin's going to go for the Oscar here. Like he's actually going to do yep. it. So that was one. And Rag, Ragnarok, the immigrant song, Thor with the fresh haircut, Hulk, uh, Kate Blanchett smashing uh, Thor's hammer, just unreal. Um, and then let's see some other ones. Similar to your Mad Max Fury Road, but Fallout, Mission Impossible, that was crazy. Like, I'm a huge fan of Mission Impossible. Uh, top five action franchise for me, I think, for everybody, but definitely top five, maybe top three. Um, Harry Cavill Fist. Yeah, the Fist, the Fist, exactly. Um, I, I mentioned Rise Magic of Magic Dragons on the soundtrack there. Oh, right. Get down with the system. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. But, um, You're done the, with the business. Gone Girl. I love that trailer. Uh, and one last one, but I didn't want to pick it because I don't remember seeing it before the movie. Batman Begins. And it's because the great band Nickelback is on, is on the trailer someday. What a Jesus. song. I'm shocked you didn't pick it. The great band Nickelback? The great wait voice till of I, an angel, wait till Chad I put Kroger. Together, oh, my God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put together an Talk opening. about. But soon I'm going to put together an opening for the podcast and each one is gonna each one of us is gonna have our own introduction and soundbite and your soundbite for that is going to be <laughs> the great band nickelback i, I wear that badge proudly <laughs> by the way if you want to go on rap, after watching all these trailers audience nickelback music videos unreal pass do that for your own health and safety please do not do that do it do it <laughs> i mean so, so are we, Ricky? After this, are you gonna watch Cloverfield or are you gonna watch Nickelback videos on repeat? Nickelback videos on repeat—is that not even a question? I think I think we have to do our homework this week. We have to watch. Cloverfield. Yes, yes, yes. Choice. All right. Uh, I I only had a. I think I had three on my honorable mentions. I think Joker was a good one. Ricky Flex. I watched that one repeatedly. I wanted to put it on my list. I just, I can't have Batman and Joker <laughs> like on my list. Um, I had Creed. Did we say Creed? Do we mention that one? Yeah, I said Creed. Creed. You said Creed? Okay, I love that. The Lupe Fiasco song, Prisoner 1 and 2 in that trailer. So good. I worked out for that. I worked out to that song for like two years straight after that trailer. Um, Logan. Did someone say Logan? I I did not. have better listening skills. Logan with Hurt, Johnny Cash cover. Really good. Um, And then Watchmen was my last one. Watchmen was my last one. So that shows it for... My honorable mentions. Watchmen, great example of like solid movie, great trailer. Solid movie, great trailer. Um, that was actually one of the recommendations for like the review this week. I right. think that would be a fascinating one for us to dive into, to be honest. I know Nez is a big uh, fan of the graphic novel. Oh, yeah. I could go on and on. Big time. We should, we got to do that. Got to do that. We'll trade. We'll tra- yeah, we'll do that. Um, all right. That does it for episode 51 this week. Thank you for listening. Make sure you follow us on uh, all social media platforms, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are at The Drive-In Pod, okay? Make sure that you 
follow us and subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to us. Uh, if you uh, screenshot that you're listening, share it to your story. We'll repost that your uh, we'll repost your story. All right, and then we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Thank you for listening to episode 51 of the Drive In Pod. We will smell ya. Okay, so I we just finished the Drive In Podcast. Just finished recording episode this week for episode 51. We were relying on the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer to release today. Monday, August 23rd, and we released the episode 24th. It's 10.14 p.m. The, ep- the episode, we record, finished recording, and I'm the only one with internet access at this time, but the trailer came out for Spider-Man No Way Home. We have to react to it. Here it is. I'm watching this for the first time right now. I can't. This is going to be nuts. Immediate reaction. So, Green Goblin, officially in it. Willem Dafoe. You're going to be in it. I wish I saw you in this trailer. Hopefully in trailer number two. Alfred Molina, he's back. Looking forward to this. Electro, not shown. Daredevil, not shown. But there's a courtroom scene, and he's walking up to the courtroom. Daredevil. Matt Murdock, it's got to be in this movie. Will Charlie Cox be playing Daredevil? He has to be. But the looming question still is, Toby McGuire, Andrew Garfield, where are the other Spider-Men? Not shown here. Just the first trailer. It's August 23rd. This movie doesn't come out for almost four months. So we've got plenty of time. Rumor Mill will continue to churn. Doctor Strange, basically the other is a lead in this movie. Not even supporting lead. Like he is in this trailer the whole it's almost the same time, amount of time as Peter Parker. Insane. Multiverse. At post Loki. Interested, of course, but you all should be too. Hopefully you enjoy the video. But everyone, no way home. Let's go. I train engaged.